We are what we worship. Hello and welcome to Some Assembly Required, our podcast over here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name's Julie Adams and I'm joined by Pastor Ann Cook. Welcome, Pastor Ann. Hello, hello. Hi, glad to be together on this September. Is it still September? It no, is. it's not. Yes, it oh, yes. No. By the time this comes out, it yes, will have yep, flipped the calendar right. to October. Oh <gasps> uh, we record these episodes a couple of days in advance so that we can get them out on time. And um, here we are. September yeah. is over and we're into October and we are partway through our worship series. So, and we all thought, oh, this will be Anne's favorite. It sure is. Worship. <laughs> it is. It's my favorite series. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> well, we've been learning that there are many um, different, I guess we've been breaking worship down kind of into categories. So yeah. we talked first about that, how it's our response to God's greatness. Mm-hmm. Um, we talked about service as worship, and I'm missing another Corporate one. worship. Corporate worship. That's I will I'm never missing. forget that one. I knew I could count that's on you. That's the thing that, I mean, that's what we, we, we come together to do, right? And mm-hmm. as Pastor Renee talked about, that's the thing that multiplies um, our joy and um, multiplies um, everything, right? When we come together as brothers and sisters in Christ, as opposed to just worshiping on our own. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's grounding and centering. And I think it is, I think it's crucial to our faith. I think um, we are relational people mm-hmm. and God is a relational God and he gave us a relational faith and yeah. um, coming together and embracing that part of uh, being together and being in relationship with each other is, I think it's just central to mm-hmm. our faith. Yeah. And on Sunday, you talked about becoming what we worship. Mm-hmm. Kind of like you are what you eat. eat. Yeah. <laughs> Except it's, uh, we are what we worship, which can be a little bit scary. Yeah. Well, when you, when you break it down that way, yes. What do you worship, Julie? Well, oh man. <laughs> God. After hearing Jesus. your message on Sunday, Good Jesus, answer. Jesus. Good answer. <laughs> and yourself. Yeah, man. I, I've had to take a really good hard look at my own life, you know, and, and think about how, how much am I shaken when certain things are taken away from my life? Like how mm-hmm. much am I shaken when I lose that one person's, um, view of me, like their, their approval or whatever, or, or how much, how much am I worshiping my own productivity mm. or my own, um, I don't know. I think we can worship control. Like yeah. look at how well I have my life organized and look at how beautiful my kids lunches are in their Mm -hmm. little bento boxes and all of the cubbies are this way and don't you dare put anything out of order um, because I'm going to straighten that right back up because I'm in control and I feel better when I'm in control and like that can be I think for a lot of us like women and moms especially we can start to we can start to worship that and not even realize that that's sliding into the place of God. Yeah. God is the one who we should be going to to get our sense of security mm-hmm. and safety, our sense of peace. Mm-hmm. And when we start only being able to find security and safety and peace when we are in control, then we've put that sense of control in the place of God mm-hmm. or or whatever else. I think um when I started to think about idolatry 
as I as I quoted yesterday, um, that and that idolatry isn't just saying that you believe in a different God than Jesus. Idolatry isn't bowing down in front of a little carved statue or, mm-hmm. um, you know, dancing around calling on the gods of Egypt like Hotep and Hoy do in yeah. Prince of Egypt. Idolatry is really anything that we serve, love, desire, trust, or fear apart from God mm. to give us like fill in the blank, to give us love to give us joy, peace, to give us freedom, mm-hmm. to give us a sense of identity, to give us control, happiness, security, acceptance. If we're not going to God for those things, if we're finding them routinely in something else, then we've let that thing slip into the place of God, which is really which is really scary. It makes yeah. us have to really take a good hard look at ourselves, I think. Mm-hmm. It seems like a lot of these things happen, or what I took from from your message was a lot of these happen almost subconsciously. Absolutely. I think so. Because, and I think the the original sin happened kind of subconsciously. They didn't even realize that they were putting themselves in the place of God. Mm -hmm. I think because God has created us, he's hardwired us to always be worshiping something. Even like Brandon said the other week, Um, like you're always you are living your life in service to something yeah whether it's God or whether it's something else yeah you are serving a greater power and and it's the same with this other form of work when we're looking at becoming like what we worship we are all worshiping something because we've been created that way Mm -hmm. and so that's why it happens subconsciously because if we're not intentionally turning our faces toward God and recognizing him for who he is and intentionally placing him on the throne and humbling ourselves in an appropriate position because of who he is, we are going to be worshiping something else. Mm-hmm. And so if we if we are not consciously coming to him and thinking about intentionally worshiping him, yeah, something else is gonna be in there and we won't even we won't even realize it. Mm-hmm. So we have to be very aware. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why it's so important to talk about worship, to talk Mm -hmm. about corporate worship, to talk about like all the aspects of worship. Um, Because I think it's really central to to who we are and and to our faith. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Before we started, you mentioned a passage in Romans. Do you want yeah, to share on I, that? I didn't get a chance to talk about this one um, yesterday too much, although I did throw it in the discussion questions. Um, we were talking a lot about the Old Testament examples of Israel um, worshiping other gods and slipping into idolatry all the time and this idea that the thing that they worship, um, whether it's something worthless and they're becoming worthless themselves or whether they're worshiping these um idols that are not living you know they have mouths but cannot speak and they have ears but they cannot hear because they're carved and then they're also becoming spiritually unable to speak and spiritually unable to hear um so we looked at the old testament examples of of israel and sometimes the old testament examples 
don't know, we might find it a little bit harder to relate or we think, well, maybe that's the Old Testament. Maybe that's the Old Covenant. Everything's new. But but Paul talks about this um, in Romans as well. In Romans chapter 1, um, he's looking around at, I mean, Roman society in first in the first century was pretty, pretty base and pretty twisted sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in Romans chapter 1, um, verse... Well, let's pick it up in in verse 20, actually. Paul says, Ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky. And through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power, and his divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Like, if you look around at creation, how can you not know God is here? Mm -hmm. And then Paul says, They knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. So even though there's evidence for a creator an intentional creator, mm-hmm. a God of organization, a God of beauty. Those are the kinds of things that we might gather about God's character when we look at creation. Mm-hmm. And instead of worshiping God to the best of their ability as being seen in creation, they instead thought up foolish ideas of what God was like and worshiped that. And as a result of worshiping this kind of warped and twisted view of God, it says their minds became dark and confused they also became warped and twisted yeah um and so this is something that uh that occurs in the new testament as well and um it says that god abandoned them um to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired they traded the truth about god for a lie and they worshiped and served the things god created instead of the creator himself Hmm. and i think that's a huge I think that's a big part of you know sometimes we talk about god's wrath in the mm-hmm. old testament and i think that's um that can be a misunderstood word because in the english language we think of wrath as like you did x y and you know you weren't supposed to so wham bam like i will smite you yes yeah, yeah. smack your butt send you to your bedroom yeah. no dinner for you grounded for a month like that's yeah. god like God coming down in judgment and wrath again because people sin. But I think maybe a more accurate and maybe slightly more nuanced way of thinking about it is is here in in Romans, God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. He's like, you know what? If this is who you want to worship, if this is who you're going to become, if these are the things that you're going to do that go against my law, then... Like, I'm taking my hands off. Like, yeah. it, it's kind of like parenting, too, where you're like, well, the kid's going to... I've told him no three times. Yeah. You know, he's still going to walk near the bee's nest. I mean, maybe I wouldn't let my kid do that. <laughs> but, you know, you think you think about these yeah. situations where, like, I, I've tried to tell you and you're still not listening, so I'm just going to let you suffer the consequences of your own actions. Yep. You're not doling out any punishment. It's just a natural process from your own actions and I think that's what happens here like God wants to be worshipped yeah God deserves to be worshipped 
he's not going to force us to worship him. And if no. we're going to worship something else, like hands off, you're going to be super messed up now, world, unfortunately. And and a lot of the the sin and destruction and the chaos that we see in the world today is just a result of our own choices and our own actions. Yeah. It's not it's not God sending a an earthquake to, you know, tiny little Haiti. It's okay, you're abusing your planet and you're raising the water level and this is the natural next step in, you know, the the laws of nature and and now there's going to be more earthquakes because you guys are treating your earth bad and yeah. you're abusing its resources. It's just the natural flow of things. Um I think it's really scary when we think about taking God away from our world and because um, he really does hold everything together but if we are going to run after and worship something else he's gonna he's gonna ha- be hands off you know mm. that's a scary thought yeah that's kind of off topic from what we were talking about that's okay today, but <laughs> <laughs> I also like the example you used about um Moses and how he stood at the gate <laughs> I thought that was just really, really a lovely, um, I don't know. It was, it was a fun picture to, well, maybe not a fun picture, but it is kind of it a fun great picture, imagery. <laughs> I think the, the author of Exodus, whether it was Moses or not, um, definitely was intentional about the, the descriptive imagery in there. Um, amusing imagery, you might even say <laughs> of, uh, of how the Israelites were just acting like headstrong cows. <laughs> So I think it's really important to, um, you know, sometimes we look at the Bible as a whole and um, sometimes we we don't understand the pictures of God that we see. We do see from our, you know, incomplete human perspective, Mm -hmm. we see God acting in wrath or in judgment. And sometimes we're like, well, who, who is the God of the Old Testament? Who is the God of the New Testament? And are they the same? And is God not like that anymore as he was in the Old Testament? And um, like, what kind of God are we actually worshiping? And I think it's it's just really important to come back to the fact that the final way he has chosen to reveal himself is through Jesus. Mm-hmm. And no, sometimes we don't understand um, the pictures of, of what we see happening in the Old Testament. But we do understand who Jesus was mm-hmm. and how he lived his life. And he lived his life always in compassion and with humility, with a servant's heart. Um, he, he worked for justice. Um, he exemplified peace. And, and that is the God that we know um, for sure, mm-hmm. is who we worship. We worship that kind of a God, the God that we see in Jesus. And so I think it's really important to, uh, to kind of like I said, to find people in our life that can come alongside us and, and be able to see and tell us, like, either I see you growing more like this Jesus or I mm-hmm. don't see you growing more like Jesus. Like, I see you growing more like, I don't know, something else. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I see you becoming obsessed with money or maybe I see you just, you know, consumed with bitterness mm-hmm. or or whatever. And um, 
I think that can I think that's like the um it can kind of be the the standard that we always come back to when we're wondering about what it is we worship or who it is we worship or what kind of a god we worship is like just bring it back to Jesus and am I becoming more like him mm-hmm. as we as my life goes on That's awesome. Do you have any closing thoughts for us as we wrap up? I was reading, I've been reading this book a lot lately, um, and the book's called We Become What We Worship by G.K. <laughs> Beale. And his kind of tagline is, we become what we revere, whether it's for ruin or for restoration. So as we worship Jesus more and more, um, let's be restored. Mm. Let's not... Uh, Let's not have our life be in ruins, but let's move towards restoration as we as we model our, our, model our lives after Jesus and as we worship Jesus. Mm, awesome! Thank you so much, Pastor Anne. That is a good uh, a good chat and a good message. Uh, a lot to reflect on this week. If you'd like to get in touch with Anne, you can reach her at Anne at WayneFleetBIC.com, and my email address is Julie at WayneFleetBIC.com. So thank you so much for tuning in and we look forward to connecting with you next week. Have a great week.